glad that you're here this morning. Uh, I'm Christy, I know most of you. This is a very obvious apparatus on my leg. I had an ACL repair, so we'll just get that out of the way. Um, but I feel like, can I move this back a bit? Yeah, because I like to walk across the front like this. I like to walk. Um, I just was praying, and, and we have a message. I just want to share one thing really quick right up front. Is I, while we were worshiping, and I'm sure you guys felt this too, is that I feel that um, this is our invitation to do family this morning. This is an invitation. So we're inviting, and the Lord's inviting us to come together in family. And when there's invitation to do family, right, there's always things that, that will make us uncomfortable about it. And there's always going to be something we don't love about doing family, whether someone burps the table, whether someone, um, you know, eats too fast and, and, and throws food out of their mouth while they're talking or something. Or the person there's, that sits in your seat. There's someone that, that, yes, you can turn to the person that sat in your seat this morning and say, I'm so glad you made me uncomfortable today. But you know what? We, are, this is, we get to choose. The invitation gives us the choice of do we want to do this or do we want to back off? And so I just feel like, oh yeah, in my mind even, I just have to say, oh yeah, this is just family. This is going to be fun. This is part of that adventure that we're on, but it's definitely something that we have to choose to do because it's not going to be always smooth sailing. It's not going to be exactly what we always expect it to be. But I just want to put that out there, okay? So we get to choose. You don't have to be here, but we want to do this together. We want to do family. So we're so glad that each of you is here this morning and you're bringing your heart. You're going to be... I felt like the other, the other thing the Lord said was, well, just make that effort to be family to someone else, right? Sometimes we think, oh, we're coming to receive family, but we also have to think like, okay, we're coming to be family for other people around us, right? Okay, we get to talk back, you guys. You can't be dead. Okay, all right, thank you. All right, so my little bit at the beginning here is I just get to do a really quick go back through how we got here just really, really fast, because we've done this, but there's one key prophetic word that we feel like we need to release again this morning. So there's Actually, a few things. There's three. Don't get, I put you over there for a reason. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> okay, all right. So back in September of 2019, some of you will remember that we have been talking about community family to family for a very long time. It started in September of 18, and we're continuing this series. We feel like this morning is that culmination of moving from community into family. We really feel like family is the language of heaven, and it's the vehicle for revival. So that's our heart, is to move into family so that we're creating this structure for um, the foundation of what the Lord wants to do in this house and in its kingdom. And we feel like even though this morning is this great celebration of coming to a place where God has said, yes, this is what I've been asking you to do. You're stepping in, you're finally here. It's like, yes, we've arrived. And in the same breath, we feel that anticipation of like, and he's going to launch us into something new. And this is a season that not only have you stepped into family, but you're also stepping out into the next thing that he's calling us to do as a family, and that's to grow the kingdom. And so we're really excited about that. Yeah, come on, you can cheer. I'm not cutting you off. <laughs> so I just want to share. You're cheering now because you don't know what we're launching into. Oh, come on. <laughs> should I take, should I turn this mic off? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> just no, I like it. It's fun to have them up here. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, 
there's the prophetic word I want to read, just a bit of it. It's the two shall be one. It's the prophetic word that we've heard once before, twice before from Bob Hazlett. We received it at, when we were at Bridgeway. This is the bit that we want to share uh, from October of 18. He said, I feel like you guys, and there's a slide I think that we have for it, just so you go. I feel like you guys are going through a season of restructuring. I feel like there was a time when some changes in leadership just kind of happened because of the changes that you brought. But now I see you going back, intentionally back, and looking at the structure and saying, where do we want to be in this next season? What is the wineskin? What is the structure for us? And one of the things I felt in this next season is that the two shall be one. And we really feel like that's this morning. That's the culmination of what we're doing is this bringing this family together, the two services coming together, that family's coming together to create this wine skin to carry the kingdom forward. Uh, there's been so many confirmations about this. You, many of you have come to us and said, I just feel like, we, could we do one service once a month so that we could have more hangout time? Could we do this? You know, I, I feel that pressure at the end of the services where we can't pray for people as long as we want. And so we're just so thankful that the Lord moved on your hearts while he was moving on our staff and our leadership's hearts to kind of bring us all together and go, yeah, this needs to happen. So he's so good. And the one of the other things I wanted to share is the Acts 2.42, and this is what culminated us to say, we need to do this so that um, we can pursue that structure of the early church. So in the early church, I'm going to read this real quick verse to you. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer or worship. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, the advancing of the kingdom. So as we looked at that verse and we felt like it was just the, the format for where we were going, we said, oh, we've done teaching, right? We've been doing that. We're doing prayer. We're doing worship. But we're missing fellowship, and we're missing that breaking of bread. And so we said, Lord, how do we do that? And that was when we got, oh, the two shall be one. What if we came to one service, and once a month we had a meal after the service so we can hang out, we can fellowship and break bread? And we're like, oh, why didn't we say this before? This is awesome. So that's where we are this morning, and we're so excited that we're kind of going into that. Those four foundational things are met this morning in this house, and now it says, and many were added to their number. That's the advancing of the kingdom. And that's why we need family as the wineskin to hold that. So we're really excited about that. Um, there's a couple other things I wanted to share. Uh, hmm, let me see. The why behind the service times, and there, we call these our so we cans. Is this on a slide? Uh -huh. he, he made all the slides. I didn't make them. Okay, we have this on the slide. There we go. This is the so we can, really quick. So we can meet as a unified family. So we can have fellowship and build strong relationships. So we can have a family lunch or brunch together after services once a month. So we can have extended ministry times after service for those in need and gather before the service for fellowship and greeting the family. So we as pastors can be more available on Sundays to meet and get to know you, get to know your story. And we can, you all can get to know us a little more. And that we can have a culture of family that fosters the kingdom expansion. And that's what we're after. Right? Yes. Okay. So as we come to this point, we feel that sense of fulfillment that we've stepped out in obedience here. We've walked into this place of, okay, we are on board. We will go into this, this one, this becoming one as a family. And the foundation has been laid. It's uh, 
we've set the family structure this morning, and now we know that there's this season of growth coming. There's, there's a building phase on the horizon now that the structure is here. And so we're so excited that uh, that's what we're what's stepping into this morning, and Mike was gonna share a little more about that. Yeah. Do you All want right. me to stop? No, you can sit back here now. Okay, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I'm going to get two mics. I'm going to get another mic. <laughs> oh, got to have a little fun. So with this, and, and there's a, I'm just excited here too. I feel like the Lord is actually, he's brought us to this place. We've been going through this season. Uh, and now he's just revealing his plans and his purposes in a greater way. And just in the past, probably week and a half, I feel like, I look back and I go, how did I not see this? But it's been in the prophetic words, it's been in all the things, but I just, we haven't seen it. Even as a staff, we were just going through and oh my gosh, this is what he's calling us into in this season. And I'm gonna show you what this is. But, but first of all, I just want you to see where we have been going in this idea of the, the Jordan River. As, as the title of this message is Crossing the Jordan. And literally feeling like, Today is the day that there is actually a crossing of the Jordan. And, and if you guys, if you look in the scriptures, there's a number of places where it talks about the Jordan. It's such a, it is a key uh, entity that's, that's discussed in different things. But there's three places where it's critical uh, that, I, that I can point to right away. And the first one is when the Israelites with Joshua, in Joshua uh, 2 and, and then into 3, where they crossed over the Jordan. And this was actually... This was after 40 years. You gotta realize this. 40 years they're in the desert. A whole generation has died off. And the interesting thing is, is they were given three days notice. Like, who does that? Uh, you, you go, God, couldn't you have at least given us a few weeks to prepare? And it's like, no, no, prepare your things. You've got three days and we're crossing over the Jordan. You're like, really, after 40 years? <laughs> but, but there is a, it's that be prepared in season and out of season. I just feel like there's, there's something important to that that we need to be, we need to be prepared. Uh, we need to be prepared for what the Lord is calling us into in this next season, and I'll, and I'll get to that. But, so, there's the, this is the first time we see it where they cross over, and there is a transition, an amazing transition from the wilderness into a promised land. But there's still a battle, right? There's still things that people, they have to face. Now, the second time that, that I see it is we have Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah has this mantle, has this anointing. And, and he tells Elisha, hey, stay back here. I'm going to the Jordan. And Elisha's like, over my dead body you are. He's like, I'm going with you. He's like, if you go while you're alive and while God is alive, I will be with you. I'm going with you. And so he ends up going. They get to the Jordan. Elijah actually hits, strikes the water, and it parts. Uh, he walks through with Joshua, I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, Elisha. They go, and then the chariot of fire comes down and takes Elijah up to heaven. I'm like, that's, that's the way I want to go. I don't know about you guys, but I'm planning on going to the Jordan and going up in the chariot. Uh, I've already talked to God about this. We're good. <laughs> but... So, but Joshua, what he says is, I want that anointing. And not only do I want that anointing, but I want a double portion of that anointing. And so he actually gets the double portion. And there's 50 prophets that are watching from a distance, watching this whole thing happen. And, uh, and so he picks up the cloak. He picks up Elijah's cloak. And he walks back to the Jordan. The water's flowing again. He rolls it up and he strikes it. And the waters part. And he walks through. And the 50 prophets are like, Oh, 
Okay, he just picked something up. But there was a transfer of anointing that happened in that time, right? Yeah. And then we see Jesus baptized in the Jordan, in the same place where they crossed the Jordan. Not a coincidence. And what happens is there's a transfer of anointing. Right after this, what does he do? He takes the scroll and he goes, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach the gospel, to set the captives free. I believe that we are moving into a season. We're crossing a Jordan right now, and there is a transfer of anointing. There's a shift that's happening in this time. I don't know if you felt it this morning, but it is happening now. And there's an excitement to it. But here's the thing, is when, you, when they crossed over the Jordan, when the Israelites crossed over, they actually crossed over into enemy territory. It wasn't like, hey, we're crossing over and then we're going to all put on our bathing suits and we're going to sunbathe and just chill out and relax, right? They actually crossed over with 40,000 soldiers leading the way, armed for war, it says. Uh, now, here's the thing. And this is, I feel like these are important steps as we've been walking through this. In Joshua 1, it says, I will give you every place that you set your foot. I believe that as we cross this Jordan, I believe the Lord is going to give us every place we set our foot. Now, not when we go off on our own, but as our eyes are on him. What does Joshua say? Keep your eyes on the ark. We don't know where we're going. We've never been this way before. As we keep our eyes on the ark, it says, we will know which way to go. So this isn't about, hey, guys, here's the big plan. Here's the 10-year plan. We've got this all figured out now. Let's go. The plan is keep our eyes on the Lord. Keep our eyes on Him. We need to constantly reset and turn towards Him and say, God, what's your plan? Where are you taking us? Where are we going? What are we doing? As family, that's what we do. We go after Him. We don't go after a plan. We're, it, let me say this other thing about stepping, when, we, when it says that I will give you every place you set your foot, what does he call us? Ambassadors of Christ. Ministers of reconciliation. He says the time is now. This is the day of salvation. Where we place our foot is when we come into people's lives and we say, kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Come into this place, impact and change lives. Yeah, that's good. There is, yeah, you guys can get excited. This is the family gathering. This is not church. We're not calling, I don't even call this thing church. Like, this is just where we hang out and have family together. We gather together. We get to tell testimonies. We get to hear what the Lord's doing. And then we get to go out and actually be ministers, right? It's, it's not, this isn't where the ministry is done, hopefully, moving, moving forward. Uh, I'm just, there's a few things I want to make sure I don't miss here. The... Uh, Let me say this. So the other thing is in Joshua 3, they crossed over, it says, at flood stage. Interestingly enough, it says at flood stage, and this was the time of harvest. I believe that as we're crossing over right now, we are crossing over at flood stage, and there is a harvest time. It says the fields are white unto harvest. This is actually the time for the harvest. But there's something that they did. They stepped out in obedience, and then God moved in power. They actually didn't do it on their own. Here's the problem with evangelism, I see, 
is we come up with our plans. We come up with these like, if you do this, 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 then you're good to go. And I want to be real cautious. That is not how it's going to work. I believe the Lord's going to establish plans. We are walking into enemy territory. We are going after souls. We're going after a harvest in this season. It is so strong in my heart. It's so strong in the heart of the pastors. As we, as we began to pray through this, it, was, it just literally dropped on us. And we're like, oh, this is what we're moving into. But there was also a time of consecration. There was a time, actually, they crossed over the Jordan. You know what the first thing that they did? They got circumcised. Men, are you ready? <laughs> like, ah! You're going into battle. You're going into enemy territory. And, and what, what does the Lord do? You go, who would do this? At least do it on the other side of the Jordan, right? Like, let's get that done. Then let's cross over. Because guess what? We're going to be stepping into enemy territory. And God goes, no, I'm crossing you over. And then I'm in incapacitating you for the next three weeks. You're out. There's nothing you can do. You better trust in me, because if you get attacked, you guys are toast. <laughs> right? Like, ah, what do we do? But I believe, this is what I feel, is this circumcision is, thank the Lord, is now a circumcision of the heart that he's doing to us. There is a circumcision of the heart in this season. And there's a scripture that he, he gave me for this. Uh, and, it, and it's tied to worship. Circumcision of the heart actually comes through worship. And interestingly enough, I, we don't plan this stuff out. We don't go, we've got this all planned out. We know week to week what we're preaching. And the Lord will put this on our heart and we go, okay, that's what we're preaching. But, but interestingly, we've been on this series on worship. And then now, here we are, it's a crossing of the Jordan, and there's, there's a circumcision of the heart, which actually comes through worship. What happened this morning was amazing. There was, hearts were actually circumcised this morning. What that is, there are idols, there are things in our lives, there's stuff that's being taken away. Why is it taken away? Because our eyes are on the Father. We begin to worship Him, and other things begin to diminish. When we magnify Him, other things are demagnified, right? They're, yeah. they're taken down. So it's all about Him, and in that, there's a circumcision of our heart. Philippians 3.3 says this, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. And the other piece I feel in this is that there is an ask. I talked about it a little earlier, and I feel strongly there is actually an ask in this for what the Lord wants to do. There's in, in uh, Psalm 2.8, it says, ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. But there is, he doesn't just say, hey, I love you, you're great, I'm going to make the earth, I'm going to make the nations your inheritance. He says, ask, yeah. right? Sometimes we go, God, why aren't you doing this? Why, why isn't this happening in my life? Did you ask? And not, and not in the way of complaining, not in the way of going, oh, I can't believe it, Lord, why, what's going on? My life's a mess, you need to fix it. That's not what he's looking for. He's looking those whose hearts are set upon him, who are actually in alignment with his plans. And when you ask, what you're actually doing is you're asking his will on earth. And when you ask in that position, he responds. That's right. Every time, he responds. John 14, 14 says, you may ask for anything in my name, and it will be done. I will do it. Like, that's his promise. 
When we actually align with him, and it comes through worship, when we align with him into that place of worship, is that place of prayer, that's that place of aligning our hearts with his heart. When we do that, he actually comes. When we say, Lord, now it's the ask. Ephesians 3 talks about it, says, he will do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. How good is that? Like, not only does he respond and answer to the ask, but he goes, oh, no, when you do my heart's desire, when you ask what my heart is, I will do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. That's right. That's a good ask. Okay, I missed something very important. The, uh, here's what I feel like the Lord is calling us into in this next season. He's actually taking our vision, and he's just honing it in, and he's focusing in and, and we've, I, you know, I preached on this two weeks ago. I preached on Rise Up Castle Rock. This was actually declared, and this was a declaration of war. I don't know if you knew when you were saying this that you were actually declaring war to the enemy, uh, but you were. And, and what he's showing us in this season is that, that this is about the harvest. The harvest is white right now, and that we're to take it. And the Lord has said this. He said, I desire for Castle Rock that we would see 5,000 come into the kingdom within the next year. Amen. Come on. (laughs) You guys responded much better than me. I went, there's no way. (laughs) Sorry, just being honest. (laughs) That was my first response. Because I look at it and I go, ah, we can't do this. And he goes, exactly. That's the whole point. You can't do this. These are God adventures. These are God plans. And when we, if we set it up, I try to negotiate with God. I'm like, well, hey, why don't we hit 5,000 homes and maybe we'll get like three, 400. Like, that'd be good, right? No, I believe that he wants to actually, there will be 5,000 people that come into the kingdom in the coming year. Amen. Amen. And, and what this does to our vision is it does this. And all of a sudden, everything that we're doing now has a purpose. And this is what I believe he's calling us to. Guys, we are called to to engage in the kingdom and expand the kingdom. This is our calling on this earth. Now, yes, we do it through praise and through worship and in being in his presence, yes. But if we stop there, then we haven't actually furthered the kingdom. It's about the harvest. And here's the thing. When the harvest is, is white, guess what we do? We harvest. What we don't do is we don't go, well, I'm not really a harvester. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to plant some seeds over here. And, you know, or I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm really a plower. I'm going to plow. No, at harvest time, guess what everyone does? Doesn't matter how good you are at it. It doesn't matter. It's the time of harvest. And guess what? This is the time of harvest. Yeah. And I believe we're going to see 5,000 come into the kingdom. Yeah. Is it 5,000 come into our church? No, not necessarily. And is it, does that matter? No, not necessarily. This isn't about our church. This is about the church. Yeah. And so, but I also believe that he's going to do this in, with strategies and, and techniques and ways that are heavenly and not earthly. And, and so it's like what happened right after they consecrated themselves? He said, okay, now you're going to take Jericho. And they're like, all right, we're going to fight Jericho. He goes, no, no, no. You're actually going to just march around it seven times. Yeah. Like, what? First of all, we just circumcised ourselves. Made that made no sense. Now we're going to march around a city, and that's how we're going to take it. And then we're going to blow horns at the end of seven days, and we're going to shout. Like, 
That makes no sense, right? His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And so we, as we move forward in this and as he calls us into something, it's not about, well, let's figure out how to make this happen. And then God sits back and he's like, oh, my dear children, <laughs> when are you going to listen to me? I've got a better plan. And, and it doesn't make sense in your eyes. And that's okay. He says, you just be obedient and watch me do the miraculous. That's right. That's, right. that's what he's calling us into. And it's going to take risk. It's going to take faith. It's going to take us stepping out. When, they, when, the, when the priest stepped into the river, it was like, I'm sure they're thinking, what are we doing? It's at flood stage. And we're stepping into this river. What, like, we're going to get swept away. We've got an ark that we're carrying, and we're going like, to get wiped away. As soon as they step into the river, as soon as they stand in that river, the waters part. But sometimes we have to step out. Sometimes we have to take that initial step where it doesn't make sense. I believe each one of you, I believe you're going to get visions. I believe you're going to get dreams. In Joel, it talks about this. In, in Acts 2, it talks about this, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And the young men will see visions, and the old men will dream dreams. We'll find out who you are when you get a vision or a dream. But, <laughs> but, but you will. You're going to have visions and dreams. And these things are for his purposes and his plans. When you get these, write them down. We actually have in the seat backs in front of you, like we had prayer requests and praise report cards. And the Lord showed me just a while back, like there now, these are for dreams and visions. So hopefully, I don't know if all the new ones are out yet, but we're putting the new ones in and taking the old ones out. But that this is a season of actually that you're going to get downloads, even during, especially I should say, during worship. As our hearts are circumcised before the Lord, as we align our hearts with His, why wouldn't He gives us, give us dreams and visions? I think we've been in this season of like, oh, we're just trying to get healed, we're trying to get healthy, and He's like, no, you're crossing over the Jordan now. There is a plan and a purpose for your life. And when we get these dreams and visions, when we get these plans, we need to write them down. It's not just, oh, that's a great idea. No, that's a God-given dream, that's a God-given vision, and you need to begin to pray into that. And so. Don't think, and I've done this. Oh, I'll remember that. And then like a day later, I'm like, oh, what was that? (laughs) Write it down. So grab those cards when the dreams and the visions come and share them too. We want to pray into these things. We want to, there's, there's, as we do this, as we say yes to these things, I believe this is going to release something. We've been called a birthing center, not just a hospital. There are ministries that are going to be birthed out of this place. There are things that are going to come out of this place. This isn't about just growing up our church, right, and building more and having more and more people in this building. This is about expanding the kingdom. And he's going to do that through each of us. You guys are all ministers. You are the ministers of reconciliation. You're the ambassadors of Christ. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? Amen. That's you. You guys have to step in the river. Each one of us have to step in the river. Not just me, not just Christy, not just the, the, the pastors. Sometimes I, like, I just I feel like that whole thing is like it's old school. Like, you guys are the ministers. We're just here to train and equip. This is a training and equipping zone right now for the work of the ministry. I know I'm taking all the time. Sorry, love. No, I, I could have stopped you, I guess. <laughs> There's a word, though, that you want to you wanna sh- yeah, share that? I, I think it's important. Yeah, I do want to share this word. Good thing is, we don't have another service, so we can go to like two, right? We're good. Oh my goodness. So-
also, totally don't kidding. worry because my belly speaks to me and I listen to my belly. And so <laughs> when it's time to eat, it's time to eat, you know? So don't worry. I got it's you. It's not and, hungry. It's angry. Angry, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. Um, one of the things we just wanted to share, and it was released this morning in our prayer time back there. Thank you all so much for coming and praying over this service, over this time. We love that. It just encourages us. But we wanted to just share this with you. Uh, it has to do with timing. And it's called the Divine Opportunity Word is what we named it. It's from February of 2017. So if you'll just 16. listen to this really quickly. What did you say? 16? Is that not what I said? Oh, I thought you said 17. I should just be quiet. <laughs> Sorry, it's backseat driver. Go, go ahead. You oh, okay, go. all right, all right. So this is what it says. This is the only part of it. There was a very high-ranking commander angel with angels at his command, but he had come alone and he simply stood unmoving from an open chariot in the sky. He had been there for some time and I could sense that he would be there for some time to come. Finally, revelation came that he was watching the rock church. His purpose was to watch the rock to see which way they would choose and to see if they would prepare and align themselves to be ready and in a condition to receive the next outpouring that would greatly advance the kingdom of the earth. Just can you stop right there? Because there's another second part to this, but this was given to us in February of 16. And I never, we never, can you put that back up, that part? That last part, just, just kind of, we're sitting there and it just brought us to tears. We're like, oh Lord, we didn't even see this. Like, yeah. this is such a key part. There's an outpouring for the advancement of the kingdom. How do we advance the kingdom? It's the harvest. Yeah. It's the souls. And this is what he's saying is, look, we have this divine opportunity right now to step into this. Yeah. Go ahead. There's the second part to it. This is a great opportunity because a great outpouring is coming, but not all believing believers or churches will receive it or receive it in its fullness. His presence indicates that the rock is being considered to be a recipient. I could tell, however, that it was not a guaranteed thing and that certain conditions would have to be met to receive it. You could have status quo while others received it, or you could have been found worthy of a 30, 60, or 100-fold outpouring. I could sense that if you were found worthy and prepared, that a great many angels would be present in your midst. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Guys, we want to be found worthy and prepared for this outpouring of what the Lord wants to do in the, in the expansion of the kingdom in this next season. And I believe he's doing this. I believe he's doing it now. And I know that, look, he is, he is so gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's of great mercy. Like, he is a good father. And, and he, I believe that as we align with him, he will be patient in bringing us along right. the way. But it is, it is aligning with him. It's being in his plan, and it's, it's keeping our eyes and our focus on him. How does this work? Real quick, I just want to talk about a few things. First of all, I don't believe that we're going to do this by doing church the way we always do church, the way the church is always done. We're not going to, be, we're not going to get 5,000 souls by, by trying to bring 5,000 people into church on Sunday morning and getting them saved. Right? It's just not going to, I say it's not going to happen. God can do whatever he wants. But, but I don't believe that this is the way that it's, it's going to happen. If, if it happens, then 
<laughs> then great. Uh, but I believe it's going to happen when we all step into the position that we're called to step into. Yeah. That we, when we all step into this, that we are a chosen generation, we're chosen people, we are a royal priesthood, we are a holy nation, and we're set apart. Actually, this verse in first, can you put that up, First Peter 2, 9? Do we have that? I think we have it. Yeah. So look at this. Royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're a people that belong to God. But then listen, to, look at this next part. That we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. So we are the ones that are actually called to declare. In the, in the Passion Version, it actually says it like this. It says, so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. That's our calling as priests, as kings. We are the priests. We are the kings. We are the ones established on this earth to do his will. The, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, we talked about this, that he says he, he puts his words on our lips, that he would plead through our lips. That's what we are as ministers of reconciliation. Uh, I think the other thing is we're going to, you know, what does this look like as we begin to move into this? In our, in our worship services, we're going to see, I believe, a, a new focus. But this is, it is for the training and equipping of the saints. And so get ready. Uh, I, I, like, we're going out. This is a ascending. This is, as we transition over, I believe we are sending out. Uh, it, it happened in Luke 9, Luke 10, where Jesus sends out the, the 12, and then he sends out the 72. Uh, in Matthew, it says this, when, he's, when he sends out the 12, he goes, uh, preach the message, the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse all who have leprosy, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. You guys ready to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, Amen. and proclaim the gospel? Come on. Yeah. I know half of you are like, or most of you, I'm like this, you're like, oh, that's, that's, a little scary. I haven't seen that. Like that's, people aren't just doing that all over the place, right? There is this, this scripture that arise shine in Isaiah 60. I believe just it, it, it hits this so hard. It's that arise shine for your light has come. Our light has come. And it says, and the glory of the Lord actually rises upon us. As, if, as we begin to do what he's called us to do, our light is to shine. And as our light shines, his glory actually rises upon us. I believe we're going to see more miracles or signs and wonders in this season as we step out into what he's called us to do, that this is no longer going to be the same. This is not status quo. And we have to shift the mindset because it's all in here that this shuts us down, right? That we go, well, no, I just haven't seen it. Well, that's okay. But he's greater. He works in the supernatural, not in the natural. And as we begin to align with the supernatural, we call the heaven down to earth. We begin to change the atmosphere. Amen. And we see the 5,000 come into the kingdom. That's right. So in workplaces, we're going to see it. We're going to see it in the homes. We're going to raise up our children the way they should go. So when they're old, they will not depart from it. So that they're the ones that go in. And actually, they're, you know, we're, the, we're their ceiling, right? Did I say that right? No, no, no. We're there. <laughs> We're not their ceiling. <laughs> We're their floor so that they can be launched and go beyond us. 
Yeah, we don't want to put, be their ceiling. Yeah, let me say something right there. I just have this heart for, you guys know, for kids, for the youth, and I feel like the church, and something that's on my heart is that we so many times we're about worshiping the Lord and we're about preaching the gospel to those around us, but I feel like it's so important that we have to realize that multiplying and preaching the gospel is raising up the generations below us. We have a duty and we have a, a blessing to pour into our kids because when you look at multiplication, it's through our children too. Like we cannot leave them behind on this great adventure. They have to be a part of it. And so when we pour into our kids, moms, when we get to be home with them and bless them, dads, when you get to hang out with your kids, you're furthering the kingdom of God through the generations. And I feel like sometimes over the past, the church has not seen it that way. The kingdom was always this way. It wasn't always with our own families. It wasn't always saying, I'm gonna pour to you, and then you're gonna have four and six and eight and 20 below you, and you're gonna pass this on. And I just, it's such a big thing for my heart that we, we pour into these generations, right? It's a gift to us, and we have it. Let's, let's take it and use that gift and pour into our kids. Yeah, anyway, there we go. that's good. Preach it. Preach. <laughs> So James 5.17, I want you to see this because sometimes we go, oh, I can't do this stuff. Like, that's the Todd Whites and the Heidi Bakers and the Bill Johnsons, and, you know, they're the ones that are out there doing all the kingdom work. James 5.17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. This is the guy that called fire down from heaven and then killed 400 Baal prophets. So James is saying, Elijah was a man just like us. You guys believe that? Are you sure you believe that? He wasn't an Avenger. I kind of have that in my head. Did he have like special powers? No. No, he didn't. Oh, he wasn't an Avenger. He was not an Avenger. Yeah, he was not an Avenger. No, he was not part of the team. He might have been Iron Man, but he was not an Avenger. (laughs) Anyway, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. When we align with his plans, there's, there's miraculous things that happen. It says, and then again he prayed in the harvest, or in the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So guys, it's the same way with David. What did the Lord say? He said, David is, is a man after my own heart. But guess what? That can be any one of us in this room. Yeah. That can be all of us in this room. Do we have a heart that is after the Father? And if we do, if we align with him, he will use us in mighty ways. That's right. As family. And this is the critical part, guys. We are family. Um, two things, and then we're going we're gonna to go celebrate together. Uh, one is, is I just saw there are some, and I, I believe the Lord's going to show each of us ways that all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, as we realign with this vision and understanding of the 5,000, and there are 42,000 just in Castle Rock alone that do not know Jesus. There's actually probably more, but 42,000 that on the census they said no religious affiliation. That's crazy. And we need to begin to shift that. Our percentage is actually lower than, than the national percentage. That's not okay. Castle Rock needs to be a city on a hill. We need to take Castle Rock for Jesus. And and I know some of you don't live in Castle Rock. We need to take this entire region for Jesus. It's the entire region that we need to take. But there are some things I just, 
that, that, that hit me. I just wanted, I think this will just kind of stir you guys. But we have, you know, we do this compassion ministry. We bring people in, and a lot of people that don't step foot in the church normally, and they come in and fill out compassion forms, and then we give them a check. We bless them. But we're not praying with them. We're not spending time with them, or we're not seeing lives transformed. We, sometimes we pray with them. We'll pray with them. But I mean praying with them. I'm talking about coming alongside them and every person that walks in this door that we say, no, you're not leaving here without a new understanding of who your father is. That's right. That there is Wednesday nights. How many people do we have coming on Wednesday nights? We have three to 400 that come in and only a small group of those actually come into here. We, we go around, we bus the elderly people in for these meals and they love it. It's amazing. But what I'm finding is, is then we bus them out at 6.30. And they're like, well, we'd love to stay, but the bus leaves at 6.30. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, we have the ability. Like, we can bring them in. We got, well, we got to get a second bus. We got to do something to where we're, we're busing. That, like, if they want to stay, they can stay, and we will get them to their homes. I'm like, I will drive you to your home. Come, and I want you to experience something that you may not have ever experienced before. Right. We need to reveal his hope. Look, there is, people are looking for hope. They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for family. And there's only one place. There's only one place to truly get this. There's only one place to get, place to get purpose in our lives. And that's with him. Yeah. And we have the ability to actually say, let me introduce you to a man who will change your life forever. That's right. That's good. There's more. Uh, I would just say life groups. As we engage in life groups, we have to be aware that it isn't about having our group, that every life group we have should actually be, we should be inviting others into our group that don't know Jesus. Oh yeah, because that's a good point. I was thinking, they're called life groups, right? And life is like things that grow. Not the Dead Sea. We don't want to be a Dead Sea group. Like you just can't be, it's just like, you know, that, that wouldn't be good. We don't want to be like that. Yeah, so we're not going to be Dead Sea groups. We're going to be life groups. <laughs> Can you do that again? I kind of. <laughs> But there's, like, there's just a shift in mindset, and I believe this is when we see the, okay, we're going after 5,000, how do we do it? What are the different ways now that we begin to actually do this? And that we would invite those in and say, hey, let me, we just want to spend time with you. They might not come to church, but they'll come to a life group. Yeah. That you can minister to them in your home, and man, there's people that are hurting out there, and they just need someone to come alongside them and say, hey, I really care. It's about meeting their felt needs, but then it's about meeting their unfelt needs, the things that they don't even realize that they're missing. That's right. Matthew 6.33 says this, seek first his kingdom. I, I, I just, I've seen this in a different way. I, like, it's always like, well, seek first God. No, it's actually seek first his kingdom. Well, his kingdom is his people. We are his kingdom. And so if we're seeking first that kingdom and his righteousness, there is an expansion that we're required to do. Yeah. And in that, it says all the other things, everything else will be added onto you. We seek him first, but we actually, we seek his kingdom. We go after his kingdom. And this is the harvest that we're called into. Christy, you want to finish it? I'm going to close uh, it out. All right. Just with the John. Did you want to tell me what? No, no, you do it. Yeah, the family, so the, when we were talking about this number, 
it was kind of like we all went gulp, right? Like when we think 5,000 come in the kingdom, that sounds a little scary, like Mike said. And one of the things I feel like the Lord's doing, and I love it because he always sort of starts to just go, oh, I'm going to reveal this to you as you talk about it, as you share about this. And the way that we bring people in, right? Like we said, the vehicle is family. The means is family. And so as we're moving into family, we're saying, look, it's not like us striving. It's not, it's not uh, making efforts like where we have to work and do it. It's just living our lives, but living it with that focus that God wants to expand his kingdom everywhere we go, right? And so it's that abiding with him. It's keeping our focus on him and saying, Lord, I am in you, you're in me, and because of that, I'm gonna bear fruit. There's no other way to bear fruit. Even if we strive and we spin our wheels and we build great buildings and we do great things, if we're not with the Lord, it's all fruitless anyway, right? We know this, but it's, when we hear it, we feel like we got to make it happen, right? We're Americans. We're like, oh, give us a number, give us a goal, and we'll do it. But that is not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm giving you a goal so you know where I'm taking you. So that as you go throughout your day, you're always abiding in me, and you're saying, where's the fruit, Lord? Where's the fruit? Let me pick the fruit that you've already prepared. And we just say, welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to the family of God. I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to just be part of your life. Would you want to meet someone? Would you want to meet someone that can give you hope? What are you looking for? You know? And sometimes we just say, oh, the Lord meets all of our needs. Sometimes they just don't know they're looking for the Lord. Isn't that great? Are you good if we pray? Yeah, let's pray. Okay. Can I pray? You can guess. You can pray. So let's just put our hands out. It's celebration day. Let's receive this gift from the Lord, and then we're going to, right, we're going to go for it and, and eat and have fun. Can, can so, I just say one thing before you pray? Put your hands down. <laughs> I just need to give some instructions. So as you pray, and then we're going to pray over this, the meal as well. And for those of you who are like, what meal? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, we have, we're doing a family brunch uh, right after this service. And so we just want to invite you. And if you didn't bring anything, that's fine. Uh, there'll be more than enough food, and the Lord will multiply. That's what he does. He multiplies. That's... Uh, I'm gonna. I'll do a message on the on the mathematics of of, of God. <laughs> but uh, but this is he's gonna he'll multiply. It. So we would love for you to join us. Um, here's the, the things we're gonna have. The food is actually gonna be served if you go out the doors and to your left. Uh, it's in the multi-purpose room is where you can get the food. And hey, this is like family style. So this isn't about like there's not a small group of people that are like setting everything up for you. We all do this together. You're gonna to probably have to grab a chair. There are tables out there, but, um, but, and then I would ask you, like, help clean up. Like, this is, you know, we just, we do this as family style together. Uh, but also, there's name tags. Will you put a name tag on? Because uh, I think there's a lot of new faces, especially if you're at a nine, and you were at the nine, you were at the 11, like, oh, I've never met you before. Uh, so just, if you'd put name tags on, and then, uh, I think that's it. Oh, and and try not to sit with people that you already know, right? I know this is a little uncomfortable. We need to get uncomfortable. Family is going to be a little uncomfortable, but you might have to sit with that that crazy uncle, and that's okay. (laughs) Sit next to someone you don't know. Get to know someone new. Uh, Tell them your story. Uh, tell them who you are. Like, I just feel like this is a time, this is, this is an intentional time. If, don't talk about the weather. Talk about your lives. Get to know each other. Tell your story. This is the fellowship as we become family together that we truly get to know and understand each other. 
So we're going to pray. Yeah, let's pray. All right, let's put our hands out. So, Lord, we thank you. We're so excited that we get to be here. We're going to celebrate with you, Lord, through breaking of bread, through fellowship, Lord. And we just bless each person here this morning. I thank you that we're family, that it's an invitation from you, Lord, to step into family together. And we bless all the people that are watching online. I just pray that you continue to further your kingdom, Lord. Let us have that laser focus of your heart for your kingdom in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, you guys.